I definitely felt like quickly after last year where there was, wasn't really a senior game and, and, you know, it doesn't feel like senior day has felt like as big of a thing. This felt like a legitimately good, cool senior day entirely because of Jordan Davis. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and I am joined today by my co-host, Will Leach. It's Thanksgiving week, which means it's Georgia, Georgia Tech week. Clean, old-fashioned hate week. In a week where schedules are all kinds of jumbled up and convenient times to podcast prove difficult. So Will and I jumped on a Zoom call together to provide a few quick thoughts on Senior Day this past Saturday for the Dogs versus Charleston Southern. And that amazing scene, well, really there were two amazing scenes for Jordan Davis. The first when he lined up at running back and scored the first touchdown of the day. And the second when he received an honorary Redcoat Award and directed the band for the playing of the fight song. But this episode is primarily the preview of the Georgia-Georgia Tech game. And we do our picks for rivalry, rival, rivalry, I can't say that word, rivalry week at the end of the show. As for our other co-host, Tony Waller, He's on a boat somewhere in the Caribbean, but don't worry, he took some time while in port to share a few thoughts on the dogs versus the jackets, so you won't, won't, there I go again, so you won't want to miss that one. And let's just jump on into it. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and here's Will to kick it all off. Hello, and welcome to the Charleston Southern sort of post-game, Georgia Tech sort of pre-game. We don't have Tony, so we are adrift. Midweek Thanksgiving podcast. I'm Will Leach. Here with Scott Duvall. Hello, Scott. Hey, Will. How are you doing, man? I'm uh, I'm good. I'm uh, I, I don't know about you. I always find that the Monday before Thanksgiving to be one of the truly most insane days of the year because I'm still trying to get. Every, you know, I mean, you know, I have a schedule where I work all week. I have certain right. things for all the different jobs I have that are due every week. And so a week like Thanksgiving, like all those things are not like, oh, well, you only have three work days this week, so do less stuff. Like it doesn't work that way. So I'm always scrambling around and getting ready to leave. And so I'm all over the place right now. So if I end up uh, ref- calling you RZ or Grierson at any point during this <laughs> podcast, uh, I apologize. No, I subscribe to that. And uh, I mean, today, I, like you said, I mean, I've got – what it's what is it it's three days until thanksgiving and i was having to edit podcasts for uh, a, a department at uga today and sending back revisions and everything and but yet my kids are at home yeah and that's another problem running around like to hobby lobby <laughs> and kroger and yes hey, it's crazy that is another problem. Yes. Is that, they, that is an undeniable problem. I love my children. I love your children. I can't speak to your beliefs about either one of the children, but I think that you like them. Uh, but they're everywhere and they're suddenly they are. Uh, I am at, I'm actually at my parents right now. Uh, we are, because uh, I'm not seeing my parents on Thanksgiving. I will be going to Callaway Gardens. On Thanksgiving, uh, as I do every year, so I'm seeing them a couple of days before they before before we leave. But uh, uh, my my father had a colonoscopy this morning, mm. so uh, so I'm not I'm not making him do any math problems uh, or uh, <laughs> yeah. or uh, he's still a little groggy, I think. But we're gonna watch the Illini game. Georgia plays tonight as well against Virginia in basketball. Georgia's going to get killed, we know that. But, uh, but they're up in uh, New York, aren't they? They're in Newark. I believe they're playing in Newark, uh, the Newark. Prudential Center. So okay. uh, so so yeah, not so. As, not the not MSG. Not MSG. I don't. 
think so. I think they're playing the Prudential Center, which is it's, it's very easy to get to from anywhere from New York. If you're if you're if you're MSG, you can be in Newark in in 25 minutes. So uh, mm-hmm. on the train, so it's very very simple. But is, we're not going to talk a, about. Is it a holiday tournament? I know we're not going to talk about, it, but now we're going to talk about. It. Is it a yeah. holiday tournament where they it play is, Virginia yeah. or lose to Virginia? They play. Yeah, if they if they if they win, uh, they will play either the win. They'll play the winner of Northwestern or Providence, or when they lose, mm-hmm. uh, they will play the loser of Northwestern. Providence. Gotcha. So so I encourage. Uh, no matter what happens in this game, I love to uh, whatever frustrations I may have with this current team. And they, I was at that Georgia Tech game; they didn't look horrible in that game, but they also were not. They didn't play poorly, but they lost because they're bad. If that makes sense, <laughs> yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah, like it's not like it's not like you look at them like, oh, they screwed up this great opportunity. You looked at them like, hey, they played about as well as they're capable of playing and lost at home by eight to Georgia Tech. Yeah. So that's it's gonna be that kind of year. Uh, but I do hope they squash the cats. Because screw those guys. Um, but anyway, so we're here, and we have not talked about the Charleston Southern game uh, very much. I'm going to take. So we'll, I feel like we should kind of get that out of the way because this is kind of a mid show, right? This kind of our without Tony, we have a he may he may send us something from the boat with his flippy floppies. Hello, everybody. This is Tony Waller. I am currently in Rotan, Honduras. Just got to see some monkeys jump around. It's not a metaphor. Um, you check out my Twitter feed, you'll see a couple of pictures. Uh, also, some McCalls, which smell awful, and my hair currently smells like that. So, this won't take very long. It's George Tech Week, guys. If you all know me and you've listened to this podcast for very long, you know how much I love going over and stealing their joy, stealing their hope. Um, the crazy part about it is there doesn't feel like there's even going to be some of that. Uh, this might be the most red and black crowd that we've ever seen at Bobby Dodd Stadium, Mark Rickfield. Um, it, despite me not being there, and that's right, we will not be back into uh, Georgia until in the evening on Saturday. I regret nothing because we've had a great time on this cruise so far. Uh, plus, I got to drink with some uh, Florida fans on the first night of the cruise. I got told by them that they lost to Missouri, uh, which was uh, hilarity ensued. And uh, speaking of Dan Mullen, uh, I'm I'm sorry, Missouri beat them and I, re- I realize it's a weird thing to say because uh, I was hoping Dan Mullen would survive uh, right now I assume Florida has planes going all over the country and, and they're going to search up and down the world to find Billy Napier but that's uh, that's just pure speculation um, anyway as far as the George Tech game goes um, I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever that we we have a good idea what's going to happen it's not going to be quite as flea free flowing roster-wise as the Charleston Southern game was. But again, do not be surprised if we're in a situation where um, we're seeing uh, the whole depth chart being played regularly in the, in the third and fourth quarter. Uh, George Tech has shown some willingness to fight, and this is a big game for Geoff Collins because he could be on the way out if they don't start showing some improvement. Making Georgia scared is improvement to them at this point. So I'm going to go and say Georgia wins this game 42-9. to nine. Um, I don't even know what the I don't even know what the um, spread is and don't really care. Um, and that's all I have from Honduras. I hope everyone has an enjoyable week. Happy Thanksgiving! Cannot wait to be back and talk with Will and Scott next week as we talk about the SEC championship game. Go dogs!
Uh, the Charleston Southern game, really, my kind of only real takeaway that, uh, from that game, uh, two things. One, uh, the really awesome thing, which was the Jordan Davis thing. We saw our pals at Chapel Bell Curve. I can't even pretend to be uh, angry with them. Uh, that was pretty awesome that, uh, that Nathan got to, uh, we saw the video of Nathan, uh, working with Jordan to help, uh, uh come down. I, I have to say, I've never, I, I don't know if I've ever had the opportunity. I doubt I ever will to, um, to guide a 350-pound man down something from very high in the air. That just that, that that was what Nathan was doing. He did it very well, but it seemed difficult. Uh, but the Jordan Davis touchdown and the band, it did feel like the unofficial. It was senior day, but it really felt like Jordan Davis day. It did. And, you know, you were there. I was there at the game. I actually stayed all the way through the end to see Jordan Davis direct the band. Uh, had my whole family there, meaning... Jennifer and Vivian were there with me, which that's the first time it's happened all season. It was, it was so, so much fun. I mean, everybody that was there, Jordan Davis, you know, if you're watching the highlights, he, you know, you see him score, but they had to try it twice because he didn't make it the first time. And I was taking a video that I posted on Twitter. It, it kind of made its rounds where you can hear the audible sigh and, and booing almost because <laughs> they hadn't shifted back into, uh, with Jordan Davis in the running back position, but then, there's that collective roar when they see him shift. And, and don't you just love the fact that instead of lining him up back there originally, they shifted just to add a little bit more panache to it. Um, but, but yeah, I thought it was, it, it was Jordan Davis day. And, and it's, it's funny. Uh, there's been a lot of conversation online. Name a more beloved Georgia football player. Uh, maybe since Nick Chubb, yeah. Sony Michelle, but Aaron Murray during his time, but Jordan Davis pretty much takes the cake. Definitely the biggest sense that team. I think you can even make a case for Roquan if you want mm-hmm. to a little bit. Right. Uh, and even I would argue, into, I mean, listen, Jake Fromm could have been that guy, but whatever, whatever. Yeah. We don't have to, we don't have to do that. We don't have to go to that hole, a rabbit hole now. But certainly I think, you know, we've talked before about the thing that as much fun as like this, it's really awesome when your team is 11 and 0 tends to be kind of enjoyable, mm-hmm. but it doesn't because so many games have been blowouts and so many of the games have, you know, there is a, uh, one of the strengths that Georgia has is its depth, which is great to win games, but it's not always electrifying sometimes. Right. And it's felt like, you know, that 2017 season was so, uh, fun and so kind of glorious in so many ways that, uh, I think there's been a sense that as great as this year's been, and it's probably the best, I think that this team line them up against each other. I think I would probably take this team against the 17 team, though we'll see. Uh, but if the, even if you think this is the best Georgia team in your lifetime, I feel like a lot of that fun factor, that 17, others, it was just, you know, I think I even said at the end of that season, right? Like it'll never be as much fun as this you because did. you get, because yeah. you get to be the underdog. You get to be like the, the fire up and you get to do the revenge tour. And this year, Georgia, after the Clemson game, I think everyone at once said, Oh, they're going undefeated this year. <laughs> and, and, and so because of that, that takes some of the drama out. I do think the Jordan Davis thing has been the kind of, the salvation of that. Not to say sure. that I like, say that it's, it's needed salvation. They're 11 known. It's awesome. But certainly Jordan Davis has become the really fun, uh, kind of, uh, the, the mascot who also maybe be the best, maybe a Heisman candidate, <laughs> which is not something that you get very often. Right. And I kind of loved, I think Kirby Smart talked about that after the game. 
uh, because he doesn't really let people talk all that often to the press that like people didn't realize how much fun Jordan Davis was until this year and how beloved he was by the team. So that I, I felt like I definitely felt like quickly after last year where there was, wasn't really a senior game and, and, you know, it doesn't feel like senior day has felt like as big of a thing. This felt like a legitimately good, cool senior day entirely because of Jordan Davis. Absolutely. I mean, he's not only is he a hero to the fans, but you could see when he climbed up there. And by the way, I don't know about you. Were you nervous about him climbing up and down? Not that I, I was just worried he'd tweak an ankle or, or something like that. I was, like, I was hey. nervous he would collapse the ladder, to be entirely <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> yeah. But his the entire team, I'd say 95% of the team was just out there, you know, as big a smiles as the fans had while he was doing that. And they waited uh, even Coach Smart waited uh, until he was down, and that that was that was just so cool. He not only is he the hero of this team, but he's also embraced it. Which sometimes you find uh, heroes that fans want to anoint heroes, but they don't really embrace it as much. But I just love his his big personality, and you, you'll never forget not only his touchdown, but when he walked down that UAB quarterback, that was one of his highlights as well. He's not going to win the Heisman. I definitely think that he should have an invite to New York as one of the top five if they, if they bring five. Yeah, and it's, it's just it – is, we now have – you know, I, I think I joked a little bit about how, you know, when they do the post game video, the big like final fire up moment is JT Daniels doing that thing, right? That, that, that yep. fist pump. But that's, I mean, he's not even the quarterback anymore. And so like <laughs> that, like the big moment of that is not, it doesn't feel like there's been like a signature pow mm-hmm. moment of this year. I think that's it. Yeah. I think that like literally Jordan Davis directing the band. I thought it was going to be him scoring the touchdown. I actually do think it's him directing the band. I, it feels like that is, that it may seem silly because it's an off field moment. The team's so good, but like it just felt like all all the the, the as good as the, as great as the team has been, and as kind of likable as the defense is, is like like it's not like the offense is not fun. Like like there's still lots of good stuff there, but it doesn't feel like there's been that. You know, moment where Herschel runs over the guy, or Sony jumps over the guy, or right. or or Uga bites the up the at the Auburn player, right? Like it doesn't feel like there's been that moment that when you like do the highlight packages of great moments in Georgia football, that m- moment has not happened yet from this year. I wonder if it'll be that, to be honest, because Davis, because also like one thing about Davis too is a lot of the, the a lot of things that Davis does great are not necessarily highlight film plays. That's like a the good reason. Point. So yeah. like you don't really like get that moment where you're like oh there he is and like it feels like a moment that has secured like he is like as he was pretty much secured anyway but like it definitely felt like it just felt like the cool moment we will see him directing the band if they, I assume they got a good shot of it oh, like, there, there like, were about three or four videographers I saw yeah. I saw a cut up of it and they had multiple angles so yeah, yeah. if they got a good enough shot that feels like something you'll see on the big board for a lot of years to come um, yeah which is, and you, you which know you bring awesome. up a, you bring up a good point I mean he's got 23 total tackles on this season. yeah man. <laughs> uh, you know I mean Channing Tindall is the guy if, if there's going to be someone on defense it's either Nakobe Dean or Channing Tindall just, you know, with a with a dynamic sack or a tackle for a loss. But yeah, the guy that the defense rallies around, he's the heartbeat of, of the defense and the team and the fans. And the reason why is because we've spent eight minutes talking about Jordan Davis and him directing the band. And I and yeah. I'm here for that. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. So they beat Charleston Southern. The other thing I was going to mention, by the way, which is now feels like less of an important thing, that's we kind of nailed this down, is um, I think last week pretty much secured uh, uh, Stu Mandel wrote, wrote about this uh, for The Athletic. I think the general consensus right now is, uh, you know, we spent all this year being like, man, George is so good. And there's no real, like, awesome, obvious challenge. Or, like, obviously Alabama. Like, they got to get over the Alabama hump. But if they get over Alabama, I feel like, what, are they worried about Cincinnati? Are they worried about Oklahoma State? Mm-hmm. It certainly looks like Ohio State is a team to be worried about right now. They scored, like, they had the exact same lead and the exact same final score that Georgia did in a game that was, like, obviously not competitive in any way, shape, or form uh, against Michigan State, who was in the top 10 <laughs> that Georgia had against Charleston Southern. They are a team that is peaking at the exact right time and plays the way that we are have been a little nervous about with Georgia. They are they're high scoring, but their defense is also pretty good. Uh, I will say, uh, watching Ohio State last few weeks, and we'll see. It's possible Michigan beats this, them this week, and this is all moot. Seems unlikely, but it's certainly possible. But uh, I will put it this way: um, uh, the, there is if Georgia wins a national championship, the way Ohio State's playing right now, it's pretty obvious they're going to have to earn it. Oh, without a doubt. No, I was looking up uh, the offensive stats, uh, you know, when we were going to talk about Georgia Tech and and Georgia. Georgia has 4,845 total yards of offense, 4,845. Ohio State is about 6,300 total yards of offense in the same amount of games. So to your point, they pretty much are the juggernaut that we have not seen uh, Georgia line up against this year. And I tell you, I mean, you name any of those top eight schools that are kind of in the running. Uh, you know, there, there's been many lists of, of who is still available. You know, you got Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Michigan, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. That are one of the, some combination of those eight schools are going to be in the the college football playoff. And Ohio State, far and away, terrifies me the most. Yeah, and listen, they saw we we Alabama. I will. I had, I was doing my run today. And I thought, hmm. Am I really still comfortable picking Georgia over Alabama on the podcast? Because <laughs> I've never done it before. Yeah, no, so, like, it. you know, that, that's also worth keeping in mind. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of which, this is a good transition. On our truncated show uh, <laughs> uh, is um, speaking of teams in the national championship race, one of them beat the team that Georgia plays this week. 55 to nothing last week. I did not know that Notre Dame was physically capable of beating any team in football. Agreed. 55 to nothing. I don't even mean that they're like there's some bad team. It just feels like weird for Notre Dame to win a game like that. It feels uncatholic, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, and so, but for them to really kind of destroy them was pretty wild. Uh, and I think speaks for what we might be in for uh, a little bit uh, on, uh, on Saturday. I would argue, uh, I don't really think there's a lot of to preview about the game, which is to say, uh, you know, this is, I, I've, as I've always said, Bobby Dodd is a wonderful stadium to watch your team take it over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, I don't know how, I've, never, I've yet to see Georgia Tech play against anyone other than Georgia. Went there for a couple of Atlanta United games, but I've never been there to watch them play anyone other than Georgia. I'm curious what the vibe is like, but as a Georgia fan, I love going to games here. Oh, it's really, it's really, really fun. I am going. Are you, are you, are you going or are you not going? I am on the fence. I'm probably 60, 40. I'm kind of waiting to see what t- tickets are actually pretty affordable i think yeah. get in prices around 85 bucks which isn't bad yeah um but you know it, it's like what tony says it's a precious little stadium my brother-in-law actually kicked at tech back you know uh, he's my age so probably in the late 90s 
And my sister and their kids, they went to uh, the Boston College game. And because he came up to the Georgia Charleston Southern game, he was sitting with me and he was just talking about the vibe was dead. You know, they were in the game. It was semi close, but he was like, there was no one there. So that kind of answers your question. I've, I've kind of heard kind of the rumblings. And in fact, I was reading Ken Segura, who writes for the AJC. He's the tech beat writer. And he uh, had a quote in his piece kind of summing up the game uh, against Notre Dame. He says, the significant majority of the stadium, Bobby Dodd, Mark Rick, Grant Field, whatever you want to call it, will almost certainly be wearing red as tech fans have shown decreasing desire to support the Jackets. And I think that's the concern with uh, their AD Stansberry uh, with where where Jeff Collins is right now is like he brought in that whole 404 attitude and was you know really good on social media but I think they've won what three games in the past three years because they're not going to win Saturday uh, they're not heading in the right direction so it is going to be you know eighty percent Georgia fans uh, I don't I don't see how there's how there's anything anything less in fact also in the piece or in one of his previous pieces. They're having to practice silent counts in their own stadium for this week. No, that doesn't seem great. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't seem great. Yeah. Um, and, and, and listen, there was a moment at the beginning of this year where it looked like they might be Absolutely. a little feisty, and that moment has passed. Well, <laughs> that after that, after the, yeah. they beat they beat UNC at NBS, uh, yeah. and it was kind of like I remember you said and they almost the, beat Clemson, what? right? And then they almost beat Clemson. Yeah. You're like, hey guys, we need, and you were rightfully so back then saying that because I was kind of buying what you were what you were selling, but now they've they lost five in a row. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they haven't won since October 9th when they beat Duke uh, five in a row. Uh, last week, their quarterback uh, Jordan Yates went out. Their other quarterback, who plays kind of like about as much as JT Daniels has played for Georgia, Jeff Sims, on I think the second series, he threw a pick six. Uh, he was trying to hit uh, Jameer Gibbs. It was I saw the replay. It was just a a paltry effort, uh, if you will. And then um, Jeff Sims also was scrambling and dropped the ball. Notre Dame picked it up for a 60-yard touchdown. So there's two scores right there. They're just yeah. not playing with any discipline, really. But, uh, you know, the quotes in the paper, the quotes from, from, from Collins are that the, the team is still bought in. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, that, that's fine. They just don't have any talent, and they're going to lose big on Saturday. Yeah, and I find myself looking, I mean, again, you know, this is the last game of the year that isn't going to make us want to claw our eyes out once we get into it. So I I find myself kind of looking for certain things uh, to kind of stand out. I have to say my kind of major curiosity, uh, is there a chance we see George Pickens in this game? It seems possible. Uh, He dressed last week. He is not... uh, uh, averse to uh, curious and interesting moments at Bobby Dodd Stadium. If you remember that from a couple of years <laughs> oh, ago, the so water good. throw and all and all that sort of business. So uh, I, there would be a certain symmetry for him to uh, pop back. The fact that he was dressed, I have to tell you, we've been hearing about Pickens all year, and I've kind of been like, yeah, I don't know, I, just, I don't see it. Like, why it feels a weird thing, but like now it, I, it kind of feels like, well, what's it hurt, man? Yeah, <laughs> like what's it hurt at all with everything else running? It's not like he's going to hurt anything by going out there. They've got guys out there. We've seen receivers obviously come back. We saw last week. So like, it feels like this could be if there's a. I, I don't know about being like, okay, Pickens, first game back, you're going against the Alabama secondary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Good point. I, it, it does kind of feel that like if you might see him a play or two, this might be the game to see it. And that's, that is obviously something to look for, uh, particularly considering his history with Georgia Tech. 
Yeah, I didn't know he addressed, and I yeah. saw something on the post game. I don't think he, he was active. I don't think he was active. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he could have played, mm-hmm. but he was dressed, and that's the first time that's happened all year. Oh, I love that, and you know, like you said, I mean, it, it, the last time Georgia played Georgia Tech, uh, you and I, I think you were, were you there in 2019? Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We were there, and they, they it was the largest margin of victory ever in a Georgia Georgia Tech. They won 52 to seven. And he had his moment, which will not live in infamy. It'll live. It's famous. Uh, and it's one of those things where you could show that on the video board if George ever wanted to. And it'd get cheers like, you know, Nick Chubb or, or even Herschel running over Bill Bates. Um, even if he caught one pass for like a 20 yard gain or something and then maybe, uh, you know, did something else. I mean, he's got a chance to really kind of make his mark. And, and you know, think about it. If Georgia had lost two games this year and was eight and two and looking for a for a good bowl game, maybe a New Year's six, yeah, he wouldn't be dressed and everything. But he wants I mean, I remember what it was like to be part of a team. He's part of this team. Not only is he a fantastic athlete and kind of a, a transcendent receiver talent, but he wants to be a part of this. He wants to be able to look back and say, I contributed. And if he can, if the doctors clear him, I agree with you, Will. I think he'll be out there, and what better chance to do it than maybe a route or two on uh, Saturday. We saw Dominic Blaylock yeah. uh, catch a, a wayward uh, kickoff on uh, Saturday. He got a big cheer. And remember, he dressed out the week before against Tennessee oh, and didn't okay. play, but he, he dressed out that week. Exactly. Man. Like One way or the other, the idea that George Pickens could, could come back is obviously on the table now. Because Absolutely. he's dressed out. There's no reason to do that otherwise. And so that's exciting. That is an exciting thing uh, to, to imagine, and I wonder if there's value in it. Uh, with Georgia Tech, um, but uh, otherwise, I have to say it, it, it's funny because you know it, I've all, I remember, of course, in Kirby Smart's first year, he lost to Georgia Tech. Has not lost to them since. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, that was that was it, it. Does feel that was like the last time where there were big Kirby Smart like. Mm, you sure we know what we're doing here moments. There's been like national criticism of him about like he doesn't know quarterbacks and he makes mistakes in big moments. But I don't think anyone at Georgia has ever been like, okay, this guy shouldn't be our coach. Like this is too- <laughs> like nothing's been any sense like that. But I do remember that Georgia Tech game um, being a little worrisome because they were yeah. clearly the better team that day. And they kind of just took their foot off the gas late and mm-hmm. blew the game. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I I feel like every Georgia Tech game since this since then has been the definitive. That's not happening again. <laughs> Just like to be very clear. So I do think that this is one of those games where uh, I don't think it's forty nine nothing at halftime. But if it's thirty five nothing at halftime, I do not think you will see Carson back start the second half. I think you'll see J T Daniels start the second half. I I do not think this is a game where there's anyone's going to feel any shame in piling on these guys because listen, Georgia Tech's whole thing is hey, once we change our system, we'll be able to eventually yeah. recruit with those big guys, right? Yeah. And uh, this, I, anytime you can remind people how dumb of an idea it would be to do that, uh, like there ain't no Calvin Johnson ever going to Georgia Tech again. No, that way. I think that that's 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 something you want to kind of uh, to be very definitive about, and uh, so I feel like it's always good to blow out these games. I haven't seen the weather yet. I don't know what it's going to be like on Saturday, but like I love, like I, I we I always make sure to get the seats facing downtown. Amen. 
And it's yeah. always just like it's really, really nice. It's just a, it's just a good scene. It's relaxed. It's kind of like a good way to to get yourself out of the uh, out of the uh, the Thanksgiving holiday and uh, and if, and get back into business because uh, and then you can get back in time to you know we'll be checking the Ohio State uh, uh, Michigan game and uh, lots of other stuff going on. I'm very. It should be a I get back in time to listen to the to Alabama surely destroy Auburn. Unfortunately, right. uh, in that regard, but uh, it is. I love this tradition of destroying uh, Georgia Tech. In, uh, in in at Bobby Dodd, and I have to say, uh, it's been a few years. I mean, it's been three years since they even played in Athens. They will next year, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the last two have been at Bobby Dodd. I think, all told, I prefer it at Bobby Dodd. I'd rather not waste a home game with Georgia. Like, this feels like a home game anyway. So yeah. I feel like it's a little bit more fun to have to, to be on the road. For them. Yeah, I mean, think about it. They Georgia started the season at a neutral site game in Charlotte. They played in Jacksonville, which was primarily Georgia. It was probably. 60-40 Georgia because Florida fans were already kind of bailing. And then, yeah, when you when you do play in Atlanta, you got six home games and you got two neutral site. And then Georgia Tech is not even a neutral site. It's it's really amazing to see the cascade of how many Georgia fans are at that game comparing to back when Paul Johnson started or even when Bobby Ross was there um, where Georgia Tech was competitive, uh, you could say. It is kind of a neat feeling. I agree with you. I mean, it's, of course, I love ending the season in Athens and, and we'll do it again next year. But if you got to have back to back games, you know, well, with COVID in the middle, but I'm all for it because the, the sight lines are great, but it is a nice, Field, it's a it's a it's sweet a nice little stadium. stadium. It's, it's it is a, fun a it's experience. a very it's a nice little stadium to be right in the middle of downtown. That's yeah, I've no, like, I have like no, I, I'm yeah. not going to bash them for their stadium or anything like that. Yeah, but uh, certainly, you know, they do feel like one of those teams you always hear people like, wow, someone could figure out Georgia Tech. I feel like someone's been saying if you can figure out Georgia Tech for 40 years, <laughs> and it never gets figured out. I wonder why that is. Uh, yeah, and uh, the times right. when Georgia loses to them, you know, really the only – the last two times was uh, back in 2014 uh, when Mark Rick Squibb kicked it. And, um, you know, that was kind of that, that loss in, in overtime. Uh, and then, of course – Kirby's first year, you know, the, the 28, 27 loss, which was kind of inexplicable, you know, coming on the heels of, you know, three or four weeks after the Vanderbilt loss, uh, that season. But, um, you know, I, I don't see Georgia losing to Georgia tech anytime in the near future. Uh, they better not. If something's going, like, we are the Georgia Tech is starting to reach the point where I always joke about if Illinois plays Georgia in a bowl, something mm-hmm. has gone horrible for Georgia and something's gone wonderful for Illinois. If Georgia ever loses to Georgia Tech, uh, that is, it feels like it would go beyond like a random out of nowhere upset anymore. It feels like yeah. it would be like, yeah. something structural. Hundred percent. I mean, and, and you can look back at the previous scores over the past ten or eleven years, and very few of them. Um, have been that close lately. I mean, they kind of started out, you know, where there were seven point wins and, you know, one possession game. But really, when the, when the Todd Gurley two touchdown game, when he, because if you think back to 2013, that was the game where Hudson Mason was starting. Georgia got down 18 nothing very quickly at Bobby Dodd. And I remember the feeling it, it, it came off the heels the week before Georgia had lost on the prayer at Jordan Hare to the Hail Mary. Uh, that Nick Marshall threw. And so being down 18 nothing early in the game, and then with them coming back and then Todd Gurley, the takeover in overtime, it sure, we've got two losses after that, but overall the global view on, on uh, Georgia versus Georgia Tech, it's it separated right there in my opinion. 
My, my son turned uh, 10 years old on Sunday, and here's my official prediction. I want to mark this for future podcasts. He will be in college before Georgia loses to Georgia Tech again in football. Wow. That's my official prediction. That's something will have gone really wrong. Sure. That's seven years. That's seven years is not that long. I've been here for eight years. They've lost twice. And those were things during a downtime for Georgia football. And you know the significant part, Georgia has won three in a row. Um, They will win their fourth in a row on Saturday. The most Georgia has ever won in the series is seven in a row. Um, So uh, I know Jeff Dantzler always talks about it to where we need to beat them eight in a row because that's their longest streak in the series back in the fifties or or sixties when they won that many. So yeah, I hope your prediction is true because that's going to set a lot of Georgia fans uh, at ease a little bit because that's one thing that we want. You know, we've got all these streaks. We've got the streaks of uh, what 13 out of the last 16 games versus tech or 14 out of the last 17 wins. But people here in the state of Georgia long, Guys like me who've grown up here, they want that streak uh, to to beat them, and and I'd be fine if they keep winning till the time he's uh, in or or out of college. This podcast episode is brought to you by our friends at the Pine Bar, El Barrio, and the Root. All three spots are located in beautiful Five Points in Athens, Georgia. And if you haven't been by the route yet, it's easy to find. It's underneath the Pine Bar. But mark your calendars for Wednesday evening. Yes, Thanksgiving Eve, because Jay Gonzalez of the Drive-By Truckers will be playing a free show. The bar opens at 3 p.m., and he'll go on around 8.30. So definitely don't miss that. As for the Pine Bar in El Barrio, they will be closed on Wednesday and Thursday of this week, but back and open for business on the weekend. So tacos, putting greens, and wine and wood-fired oysters will definitely be available for some celebrations after the dogs beat the jackets on Saturday. And now, back to the episode. Clean, old-fashioned hate. I've never really understood. It feels like I, I, I know, I'm sure that means something. I never know what it means. Like, what is the origin of the clean, old-fashioned hate? The, the clean, old-fashioned hate is just, it goes back to the fact that it's one of the most played um, uh, rivalries that's ever been played in college football. It was a moniker that was bestowed upon the rivalry many, many years ago. And it's because, you know, it's not, it doesn't really feel this way now, but I mean, I know I have relatives that went to tech. Um, I used to go to tech games when I was a kid uh, with my cousin who, who was a student then. And I think it's just that infighting with the families, you know, because it's the one state rivalry in the state of Georgia uh, that we have because Georgia doesn't really have a rivalry you know, with George Southern or anything like that. So, so that's kind of where it comes from, you know, and the fact that it's right around Thanksgiving always. So you've, you're meeting, you know, you've got your Thanksgiving dinner with your family and everything. And there's Georgia and Georgia tech people there, but yeah, it is clean old fashioned hate. And I think it's, it's a great moniker. The, the, the problem, the problem with tech recently is they, they take a lot of low blows. They, they revel when Ugga dies, they, they make a, you know, posters and, and social media posts about it. Um, and there was one recently that was making their rounds on on Twitter. They're always taking the low blow. It's almost like the little brother that, you know, the cheap shot artist. That's kind of how they're looked at, um, where where Georgia fans are, take the high road, typically. Yeah, at least they don't chop block anymore. They don't run the offense yeah, that allows no them to chop block anymore. That's a positive. Yeah, That's a positive. yeah. Thank God that the uh, triple option is gone. 
Um, all right. Do you have anything else that you want to? You want to? Do we have any any regular other stuff, or are we just keeping this truncated on this one? You got any you got any factoids, uh, uniform stuff for us? Uh, I do have I do have a few, a few factoids. Um, I like factoids. This will be. Uh, think think about how easy it is to find Georgia on television, which you wouldn't think would be a statement uh, today mm-hmm. in in 2021. But this will be Georgia Tech's. It'll be their third national broadcast this season. <laughs> that kind of goes with the theme of what we've been talking about. They, they've been either on um, the ACC network, which I have a hard time finding on my cable system, and Bally Sports uh, Regional, um, you know, the Bally, what the Braves oh, are yeah. on. Yeah, the, the, thing, the thing that doesn't send their announcers to road games. Right. Right. So this is, they played, you know, they beat, they, they, they didn't beat, they played against Notre Dame on NBC, and then their Clemson game was on ABC, and this game is on ABC as well. The other thing that I wanted to bring up was uh, game times. You know how, how uh, we had been dreading for weeks that this game would be a noon kickoff, and it is. It will be. So I was going to ask you, I looked up, uh, Will, I'm going to have you guess. Um, I'm going to say since 2010, mm-hmm. when was the last time Georgia, Georgia Tech was not played at noon? Okay, so it wasn't 19, it wasn't 18, it wasn't 17, um, it wasn't 16. That's right. Um, 14 is my answer. Close. 13. 2013. Okay. George, the Todd Gurley takeover game. Yes. It yes, was, yes. And, and the reason why I kind of knew this, uh, but I had to look it up to be sure, but that was a 3.30 kick because remember the story that Tony tells about that was the happening the same time that the kick six happened? Oh, uh, yes. It was going oh, up yes. against Auburn, Alabama that year. Yes, that's right. That's right. I that's watched how, some fancy folk in Columbus in that one. Yeah, I, yeah, we all have stories about that. Yeah, that's one of those, yeah. those moments, those uh, – the, the those flashbulb right. moments where you remember exactly where you were when that because happened. it was at three thirty, but it was still the other game. Exactly, yeah, it was yeah. It, was a, was it was on ABC right. going up against CBS. Yeah, right. um, but you That's know, right. to finish that that thought out, they've been at noon every year since twenty fourteen. Three thirty was the the kickoff in twenty thirteen. They were at noon and twelve, noon and eleven, and then it was a seven forty five game in twenty ten and an eight o'clock game in two thousand nine. So we kind of lost that mojo of having really cool kickoffs almost a decade ago for this game yeah that's in that was v- briefly our fault but mostly their fault correct correct <laughs> in that whole regard yeah and the last time that georgia and georgia tech played back-to-back games in atlanta uh was uh 1932 and 1933 they played in atlanta and then it's shifted back and forth every year except this year because last year the game wasn't played and they've never played in Columbus. They've never played. in. I looked that up when I was looking it up. I was like, have they played anyone? Now they might've played at Piedmont park back in the right. 1900s, uh, early 1900s. But yeah, no, they've, uh, they've only played in Athens and in, um, Atlanta. Oh, I, th- here's my stat that I, uh, that I messed up earlier. There's 16 out of 19. Georgia is over Georgia Tech. They're 68, 41, and 5 overall. They've won three in a row. Georgia's defensive scoring, I looked up the scoring because, you know, really, after seeing Notre Dame shut them out 55 nothing, and, and us knowing what Georgia's done to teams, 
Georgia Tech's defense has given up 357 points this year. Georgia's defense, as we know, has given up 83. Wow. Oh, boy. I feel like Georgia should be favored in this game. What is the line? Uh, I don't know. Let me look it up. I'm going to look it up right now. I, got my, All right. I, have, my, I have my telephone. Thanks, phone. Uh, my phone informs me that Georgia is at last line officially a 35 35 point favorite 35 wow. point favorite so also florida is somehow favored over florida state without a coach also we have not talked about that yet i feel yeah. like we have to wait for tony for that yeah you know i think we have to we have to wait for tony to talk about my there's uh and I'll, what i'll do is i'm going to put this uh link in the show notes of our episode so anybody listening that wants to go look at it my dad sent me a, a really good piece by mark bradley in the ajc uh, basically talking about why Florida fired Dan Mullen in, in his headline. He says it's because of Kirby Smart. And it, it, he makes a good case for it. And I, I didn't realize this. Florida's looking for their sixth coach in the past, like, 10 years. That's that's a sign of instability. <laughs> Let's <Yeah>. go with that. <laughs> that seems bad. That seems bad. But hey, uh, uh, the only bummer is that uh, they fired him. I have a, well, it really is kind of a wild turnaround. Like, imagine a scenario. I mean, remember, I encourage everyone to get out their preseason issues of Lindy's Magazine, where uh, where Dan Mullen was ranked above Kirby Smart mm-hmm. on the best coaches in the SEC chart. And while that was wrong, it wasn't like in. It wasn't like they said. You know that uh, uh, that Drinkwitz was ahead of him, like right. like at a certain level. You under, I mean, they had won the SEC East last year. It's a pretty incredible falling apart, especially considering it wasn't that long. I was like, man, Florida almost beat Alabama. Are they yeah. really good? Do we need to be concerned? Nope, nope. We did not have to be concerned. There was no reason to be concerned at all. Yeah. Real quickly, should we do our picks? Yes, let's do our picks. Are we all doing right. all of our picks, or are we just doing our picks for this game? We're gonna do all. Of, we'll run through all of our picks. Okay, fair enough. Let's do it. Because I got it queued up right here. So uh, starting out is uh, Ohio State travels to Ann Arbor. Uh, they're favored only by eight and a half. I think I'm gonna, I, not only would I pick Ohio State, I would pick Ohio State and the points, even though Michigan is very good this year. I actually like this Michigan team and, and them being at home and everything's kind of going. This is, I think this is maybe the best Michigan team of Harbaugh's time. I actually think it maybe is. Maybe not the best quarterback, but maybe the best team. I just think Ohio State is rolling right yeah. now. And uh, I'm, I'm, I will pick Ohio State. And Michigan has the middle block. Ohio State's won 17 out of 19 and 8 in a row. That's rough. That's rough. That's, That's crazy. Rough. Uh, another... I mean, they're all rivalry games. I was about to say another rivalry game. This is a Bedlam. Oklahoma goes to Oklahoma State. Both are still one of those eight teams that potentially could make the playoff. Yeah, though, I think it's funny how, like, uh, Oklahoma, even though Oklahoma is the team we were talking about most of the year, Oklahoma State is the one where everyone feels like it's a big deal if Oklahoma wins this game. Like Absolutely. That, that snapshots them to, to win on the road like that. I do feel like Oklahoma State has the vibe of a team that if they, if, if I'm Cincinnati, Oklahoma State still makes me a little nervous. Yeah. They still make me a little nervous uh, in a way that, like, Oklahoma, they could jump both them and Notre Dame. I think that's a possibility. I'd be rooting for Oklahoma in this game. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm picking Oklahoma State. Yeah, I think the, the Cowboys are going to win as well. But interesting, they've got history against them. The Cowboys do. Oklahoma's won 16 out of 18. They've won six in a row. And overall, they're 90, 18, and 7. Oof. History is not on the cowpokes side. All right, the Egg Bowl. Egg Bowl. Fun game. 
I uh, where where is this game? This game is in. <laughs> it's in Starkville, and it is Starkville. on Thanksgiving evening, which is just a wonderful way to end your Thanksgiving. Yeah, it is a good. It's a, it's, a, it's a fun one. I listen. I have not believed in Mississippi State all year, and I keep being wrong. Mm-hmm. But I have believed in Mississippi all year. I'm picking Mississippi. I agree. I think that uh, Lane Kiffin. Hopefully, he doesn't go to Florida. I think he's gonna <laughs> to to take the Rebels to ten and two. All right, then we got uh, Clemson, South Carolina, the Palmetto Bowl. <laughs> uh, good for South Carolina. They are bowl eligible, but I do think Clemson is kind of rounding it out a little bit right mm-hmm. now. I will take Clemson. Yeah, Clemson uh, kicked uh, – uh, who was it? Wake Forest. Wake they Forest. crushed their All hopes the and dreams yes. last week. That, that's that's got to be frustrating when you're Wake Forest. You have the best possible year, and Clemson has the worst possible year. Yeah. You just get stomped. Yeah. And we got uh, the bat, the blue. I'm going to guess they call this the bluegrass battle or the battle of the bluegrass, mm-hmm. Kentucky and Louisville. I'm taking Kentucky, man. Uh, speaking of a guy that's going to be getting a lot of offers right now. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm taking Kentucky. I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to mess that up. Yeah, Louisville had a, a nice uh, kind of comeback win over the past couple weeks, but uh, I think the Cats take this as well. No, Louisville lost. Okay. I, I was looking at the wrong thing. So yeah, they're six and five. Okay. Yeah. Kentucky's got this in the bag. Then we got uh Texas A&M, uh, <laughs> Texas A&M at struggling LSU trying to make bowl eligibility sitting there at five and six. I don't think they do it. Does LSU want to be bowl no, eligible? I they, mean, they, they, they want like, it to be over. Uh, that said, no, nah, I'm going forget it. I'm taking Texas A&M. Yeah. Even though it's in Baton Rouge and even though it's at night, uh, Texas A&M, they're, they're going to win this game. Let's see. Let's go to Vanderbilt and Tennessee. Tennessee's favored by 31 and a half. Vanderbilt's terrible. I would have loved to have seen a Vanderbilt team of, you know, Derek, one of Derek Mason's better teams to face off against Tennessee, but Tennessee's going to, going to, Probably beat them as bad as Georgia beats Georgia Tech. Tennessee's going to end up with seven year, seven wins this year. Yeah. It's not too shabby. That's more than I thought they were going to get. Yeah, they'll have a nice Music City Bowl trip or Liberty Bowl trip. Mm-hmm. All right, then we got uh, Missouri to Arkansas. This is on Friday. Uh, this would be a nice little uh, primer. Uh, 2.30 kickoff on CBS on, on Friday. You got uh, the, the, the Tigers traveling to Fayetteville. I always remember uh, the Thanksgiving that Missouri needed to lose to Arkansas for Georgia to have a chance to mm-hmm. potentially win the SEC East, and they did not. It uh, feels like things have switched a little bit since then. Uh, also, I'm sorry, but like the Drinkwitz thing with the Jedi thing was dumb. I don't know why people think that was funny. It was dumb when Mullen did it, and it was dumb when he did it. Like That feels like a little bit like... Like, listen, I, I, we don't, I, I'll put it this way. Um, uh, there's nothing, it, it feels a little lame in the same way that when like, uh, people that support Biden will be like, no, 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 great job, Brandon. Like, no, you yeah. already lost the battle. Like, don't, like, don't, like, you don't even bring it up. Like, yeah. you're already, like, don't even, like, just act like you don't hear it and move on with your day. Yeah. And, uh, and by, by Drinkwin's doing that, it feels like, okay, you, you, fine, you just mocked a coach whose career is collapsing. You should really, like, congratulations. Like, I thought that was kind <laughs> Kind of stupid. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with uh, with Arkansas. I, I think you picked Arkansas pretty much, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yes. yeah. No, the, and it was dumb. You know, it's like it's like uh, it's just B team type stuff. You know, yeah, it's, it's like, just yeah, it's it, you just it, honestly, won the game. It, it surprised me how much it reminded me of like I think like one of like Biden's economic advisors was like after the after the the, the excellent plan by the way passed and he was like yeah yeah see. Whatever. Thank you, Brandon. That's what it was. <laughs> do not hashtag that. You do not want that. <laughs> All right. Then we got three more. Uh, Florida State and Florida. This is a battle 
not only the state of Florida, but the battle for bowl eligibility. They're both teams are sitting at five and six. I actually think it would be hilarious if Florida won by like three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. I actually think that would be kind of awesome. I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be very funny if it did. I'm going to go ahead. I'm actually going to go ahead and pick Florida though. Yeah. I've, I've watched some Florida state games and they're, they're a dumpster fire. Tony would have a really good analogy to how to describe them, but they haven't had it for years and they definitely don't have it this year. Florida wins on talent alone. I'm going to go with the Gators. Then we got uh, the Iron Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. Auburn sure has taken a nosedive. Uh, maybe it has something to do with them retiring their eagle that flies or something like that. But, man, they look bad. No Bo Nix. Um, I don't see how they have any kind of chance at an upset. Even though Alabama looks shaky against Arkansas, Arkansas is a much better team. Uh, now, uh, than, than Auburn is. Um, I think Bama rolls. They're favored by about 20. I think that's about what they win by. Yeah. I, I like Bo Nix, uh, talking about, uh, he's getting crap from the Alabama fans because he talked in an interview about how he believes Alabama gets better calls in games. That makes him, of course, like every other SEC football fan that has ever yeah. watched SEC football. Um, I think this game, I, I like the idea of, of Dix getting one last home game against Alabama and doing something crazy, but that's not happening. So yep. therefore, Alabama's just going to crush them. I agree. I agree. And then, uh, at noon, on the flats at historic Bobby Dodd Mark Rick Field, Georgia, number one Georgia, takes its record into three and eight Georgia Tech. And um, the spread on this is 35 and a half. I think you're going to see a special team score. You're going to see a defensive score. You're going to see a couple touchdown passes from Bennett, a couple from JT. Um, I'd love to see Zeus get loose. You know, really, it's kind of like what you stated earlier, Will. This is a game where you you don't goof off in this game. You're priming the pump for next week. You know, you're hoping you don't get hurt, anything like that. You're you're not you're going to kind of pull in the ranks a little bit. You're not going to show anything, but you're going to run your offense. Munkin's going to he's not going to be afraid to call any kind of plays, feature Brock Bowers a little bit more. I think it's just going to be name your score for Georgia. I I I would just love to see him come out healthy. Maybe maybe see a a catch by Pickens that'd be pretty awesome you're gonna pull Jordan Davis you know early keep the key guys uh, healthy but yeah it's I don't think they're gonna do what Notre Dame did last week or even what they did two years ago when they won 52 to 7 I see something in the lines of 48 to 3 yeah, I'm about like 45 to 6 myself mm-hmm. on this. I feel like this is – as much as I'd like to see them like just stomp on their – Oh, I'd love it. Big about it earlier. I just – it's not worth it. Like not with Alabama next week. Not yeah. with – like I think maybe Daniels plays a little more than he might uh, – th- th- than, than he would uh, ordinarily. But like, I just think that like the, the, this no, there's no reason to get cute. Like no. maybe Pickens plays, maybe that's the way. To, but that feels like there's a purpose for that. Sure. But otherwise, I don't mess around. Like yeah. it's, it's 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 Alabama, it is maybe Cincinnati, and then we'll see. But uh, uh, it's it's serious business now. So uh, get 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 out of there early. Everybody get a good night's sleep on Saturday, and then we got and then we have an SEC championship week. Which, by the way, we will be recording on Wednesday. By the way, we're doing that a little later because we're going to a basketball game afterwards. Oh, that's so right. Gonna, yeah. So, so we're going to be, but we're recording early. So we'll be able to just kind of, and I'm sure you'll do the thing where you play the, the theme song on your oh, phone. Oh, we'll do it live again. again. Yeah. yeah, I yeah actually, we'll I, I'm glad you brought that up. I ran into a guy, I was shopping at Bell's over at, uh, in Watkinsville, and I ran into a guy named Paul, and he said that he really liked the, the fact that we just 
ran right through it. And uh, so that was nice for him to stop and say something to me. Um, but yeah, so if y'all are anticipating our uh, SEC championship game preview show, it will just be one and done like we did yes, last and, week. But it will be perfect for you to listen to on the drive to the game. I, the last tailgate was last week, and I saw a lot of people that talked about how much they love. Like, that to me is my favorite thing is when people tell me they listen to it on the drive to Absolutely. the game. There's something about that that just really, like, that's that's exactly like if you have my dream of how people, when people listen to the podcast, it would be that. Be the yeah. Get some going in. So, uh, perfect. So hopefully, uh, hopefully people. And Tony will be back for that. Tony will be back. And we will do a post game that Tony may be around for, I'm not sure. But uh, he will be back for that show, and then of course, uh, and then we'll be at the SEC championship game, and then then this is the last little preview podcast where we can be kind of chill. Yeah, and uh, yeah. then it's getting then it's getting very, very yeah. Scary. High stress is about to happen in the next few weeks. So prepare thyselves and have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah be careful out there. Enjoy. I have some uh, YouTube, Scott. You, in addition to the listeners, also have uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> and uh, we will as well. We're very excited. Uh, it's going to be a good time all around. But uh, otherwise, it's been a great season. They're about to finish 12-0. and 0 And uh, mm. literally cannot do any better than that. So I'm, I'm pretty pleased with how it works. Uh, Scott, uh, be safe out there. And hey, uh, now, do I, am I, now do, can I throw the go dogs and Neil do the closer? Should, should, should you play the Tony part? And then I, and I'll, oh, I'm, I'll, I'm I'll definitely be- playing, the, playing the Tony part today. Okay, well, in that case, well, hey, uh, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. For any of you looking for holiday gifts for Georgia fans or yourself, there will be a few of them in the show notes of this episode. You can find a way to purchase Will's best-selling novel, How Lucky, and a shop link to my photography page where there's some Athens-centric and Georgia Bulldogs photographs. Also in the notes is that Mark Bradley article that I referenced in the episode. Make sure to follow us on social media. Twitter and Instagram are our favorites. And you can search at WSL's podcast on either platform and chat with us there. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope to see all of y'all, or some of y'all, actually all of y'all, in Atlanta this week and next week. We'll see you on campus sometime soon, maybe for a basketball game. Actually, yes, the three of us will be attending the December 1st game for the Dogs versus the Memphis Tigers. And safe travels during this week. And as always, go dogs. Thank you.